0: Hey, this is the JRR You Talking to Me podcast. Jude, are you going to be talking to me tonight when we do the Helms Deep dive? I will be reading to you. What? <laughs> really? Oh. That's so exciting. Thank you, Jude, for that exciting intro. All right. Well, you I'm, know, I will be reading. <laughs>
1: But well, what I can say is that we will be getting Helm's Deep right into your imagination holes.
0: Oh, okay, there you go. A little more exciting, filthy as usual, but I'll take it. Better than I'm, I'm going to read something to you tonight. I so,
1: messed up again.
0: We are going to talk about uh, theories like Halbrand is he Sauron. And uh, we're going to make some uh, corrections for some things that we might have... We caught them when we watched the show, but maybe we missed them when we, were gonna, when we did our little run-through. Um, but we're also going to get in deeper into theories and predictions. Jude, you got something to add?
1: Once again, we're going to be getting helms deep into them. And, and we will be back with a regular episode reviewing the show. On Sunday. That's right.
0: Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about um, a couple of things that we missed. So one of the really the coolest shots, and I keep on going back to it, and I realized um, something, and Jude did too, was when we see the first shot of Middle-earth, and there's a tremendous battle going on with Morgoth... And we see an eagle being uh, just dive-bombed out of the sky by a fell beast.
1: Which we had mentioned was a dragon. We had believed it was a dragon, but it is clearly not a dragon. It seems to be a wyvern or some kind of wyvern-like creature, uh, the same type that the Witch King ends up riding
0: in Return of the King. We like had a debate about, what is it? It's a wyvern. It's not literally a wyvern. It's wyvern like. Okay. Wyvern like is fine. So that's what we ended up. It's wyvern like. It's the thing that the, yeah, that the, it's the NASGOL.
1: Right. And, and the riot. one who probably could decide this for us, uh, what happened to our co host, oh, Rowan? Uh, Rowan,
0: yeah. He, Rowan is, is, he's a little upset with us. Uh, a little incident that happened at a Waffle House. Unfortunately. In West Virginia. Yeah. Several years back actually. I I don't know what brought it up again. I don't know. It's weird. He's weird, <sighs> but he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Be, he, yeah always he goes through, he, every 6 to 8 weeks. The Waffle House <laughs> story just comes. It anyway. was it was unfortunate,
1: but we'll we'll just
0: move on. Yeah. Yeah, he gave us his notes still though. He yep. threw them. He threw them at us. It, he threw at he, them. Yes. I, I, it was a little rude. Um we're going to talk about um the fact that the I thought the meteor guy was being fed some sort of nut.
1: Yes, we, we had, upon first and second watchings, agreed that we thought that he was crunching through nutshells. And it turns out that was not the case.
0: What was it, Rob? They was snails, Jude. They was snails. They sure were. Yep, and you. I don't know how we missed it. She took a snail out. She ate it right there. It was goopy and snaily. No garlic, butter, nothing. Nothing. She just ate it, which is gross, but then he just crunched through the nail, the snail shells, which is, that's unbelievable jaw strength there.
1: Yes, and, uh, Demonstrated you know, by n- Mr. Meteor. Not chipping a tooth, kudos to him.
0: You know, nothing, because he's spiritual. He's not just physical. He's...
1: Well, we'll get into that.
0: Correct. Um, let's talk a little bit about the orc in the kitchen. Yes. So uh, McKay and Payne, our uh, showrunners, Patrick McKay, J.D. Payne, uh, I found an interview, and they literally call that scene the orcs in the kitchen. Now, we had never seen an orc designed like that. Um, Their uh, fingers, their digits seem to be much longer and more uh, claw-like than... Previous orcs—they have a beard, which they're supposed to be corrupted elves, and that's strange because elves don't have beards, right? That we know of. Um, and they—they uh, seem to be a little bit stronger than even some of those fierce-looking orukai in Lord of the Rings. What do yeah. you think?
1: Yeah, no the the way the orc in the kitchen threw that heavy wooden table across their little cottage there. Uh, Looked like a Captain America feat. It kind of uh, did.
0: It was a lot, but um, I'm just gonna say. In a fight, Azog versus that orc, my money's on Azog. The defile—he's gonna defile him. You know, he's I, Azog the defiler. He, my money's on Azog. I'm he, sorry,
1: he is. But you know, I mean, it really depends. I think what a. Uh, what we're looking at is canon for that fight because, uh in, uh, in the which one was it? Uh, the battle of the five armies, uh, when we see Azog fighting Thorin and Legolas, um, Azog does not seem to hold up as well. I mean, it, it appears that, um,
0: well, we got we have like, yeah, the way he flung that table was it was. I think he was a little overpowered. Yeah, to it, have two it, humans uh, it, kill him like that. It
1: appears that Um, Um, Broin the orcs can't be that
0: powerful. I mean, the elves are. Then what? What are elves? Because they're definitely way pal- more powerful than orcs one on one.
1: Yeah, but like the the fact that uh, Broin, bro- I'm pronouncing that right? Yeah,
0: Browin, bro- uh, bro- Bron- Bron-
1: Bronwyn. Bronwin, sorry, Bronwyn and her son, Um survive that fight i think it was and really they, more a matter of luck on their part even the way this scene is orchestrated that, well, like they, 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 they just kind of got that shot in from behind yeah. and were able to oh, pin and, him back
0: but it like power wise like he would have chops them apart. off his head she chops off his head i can't believe yep. i i had notes I, everyone saw that we watched it and i totally left it out of the the podcast originally, yeah. Of she, course, she chops it off and she takes it to the tavern. The tavern and uh, the the barkeep. I'm not. I'm not going to recall his name right now. And then everyone in the town cuts out, and they're going to some sort of sanctuary created by the elves. Like a, it's an elf place that they're going. Yeah, they I,
1: I'm pretty gone. sure there was a deleted scene where they had uh, opened up his skull and started drinking meat out of it. But you know, I mean, we can't have everything.
0: Whose skull? The orc. Oh, yeah! yeah, orc yeah, yeah. Skull meat is really underrated.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's a thing. I mean, like, I don't know how they left it out, but whatever. You know, it's a family show. You know, you drink it with a straw.
0: That's the trick. Live and learn. You know. So anyway, um, Bear McCreary is the, the composer. Yes. And at when I first heard the, I must have been in a really bad mood or I, I when I first saw the, the first episode and the second episode and then ever since then it's been everything's been fine, so I don't know why but I thought it was overscored at first, but now I don't think that anymore and I really love listening to the music and um as a musician I can say that I could listen to that music, you know, for hours on end without watching the show. So that's awesome. So I just wanted to h- bring that up.
1: How do you feel it compares to Howard Shore's themes from uh, from the film series?
0: I like it. It's a little different. Um, sometimes it, it sounds a little uh it has more air to it. Um it's uh I I would say a match texturally and, and tonally to it. And I think it accomplishes a similar emotional uh gravity. Okay. So, um, I just want to talk about a huge topic is Halbrand Sauron theories. And when I first heard this, I was sort of really not into it. Um, and I, I felt it was not really possible that Sauron, he's, he's already in middle earth in a bodily form, but of course, uh, he, he is things. a
1: shapeshifter.
0: He's a shapeshifter. That's definitely established in the Silmarillion. Now, that is a quality. They can't copyright a quality, right? So he can be a, a shapeshifter in this world, that's, even though he is one in the Silmarillion. That's fine, right? Yes. Okay. So he could be Halbrand. It's physically possible. And then there's the question of why. Um, so, if this, if we are going to entertain this theory, and I think we should, because it's fun, it's interesting, that's the only reason that, you know, this stuff exists anyway. <laughs> so, we should just entertain all kinds of theories, unless they're ludicrous. But this isn't, because there's a good explanation. And Halbrand could uh, have, as Sauron, set up this scenario to somehow ensnare Galadriel in. A twisted way by saving her life. Okay, so does Sauron have the power to do all this? Well, he can take out a fell beast like the sea dragon. We don't know why that thing disappeared. Did Halbrand have something to do with that? Or did that thing just happen to swim away?
1: And it happened to just miss him where while it took everyone else out. So that's something to keep in mind. Um... We know that he can control them, like you pointed out, and uh, we can assume that he could probably control things such as lightning, which comes into play uh, later on in the
0: episode, and the weather itself. Yes, because so- uh, so- Sauron sure did that in The yep. Lord of the Rings, so s- Sauron can certainly do it because he's an order above him. Well, no, they no. The, I take that back. They're of the same.
1: They're of this. They're of the same race the same, they're both maiar um they are of different orders specifically because the uh, the Astari, which uh, Saruman was one of along with Gandalf Radagast and the blue wizards um were in order within the uh the maiar
0: right the, however
1: charming. right however uh in terms of power we have to presume that the actual power level of the Maiar or anyone who comes from the Maiar, i.e. the Astari, the Balrogs, etc., um, more yes. than... <laughs> possibly, But the point is that really any one of that um, level of the Maiar should, in theory, when they come to Middle-earth have the same basic power sets depending on the form they take.
0: But um, Sauron's been at this game for a really long time compared to the Istari. Right. So So even if he started with the same powers, he's got the cunning and experience of someone who's been up to his game for a long, long time, that Mr. Sauron. But let's talk about a couple other things. Let's talk about the... um, Well, before we go there... Yeah.
1: Let's discuss why this is significant versus the books. Okay. Because in the books, of course, Sauron comes to Middle-earth and becomes Anatar, the Lord of Gifts, who... Begins by trying to corrupt the elves. He corrupts Celebrayborn. Right. At least he corrupts him with knowledge. Let me take that back. He corrupts him with the knowledge of ring lore, allowing him to make the rings, which themselves are corrupt. And then... And are we
0: exactly sure where we're at in that timeline plot point?
1: Well, first of all, we're not sure because they have clearly condensed hundreds of years into a a much more abbreviated timeline, which is what we speculated would happen.
0: And last episode, we kind of thought it was, I think, a little later. We thought it was Sauron had already worked with Celebrimbor, possibly. Now we're not really sure. Now we're not sure, because Sauron can be many different shapes. He could have worked with Celebrimbor, and now the rings have, have been forged. Except for the three, which Celebrimbor needs this massive tower and at least that that forage. was our running theory. We, and we, it could we, still be the case, definitely. Halbrand might not be Sauron, and even if Halbrand is Sauron, he could take on many different forms. So but uh, one form we've learned is Anatar, they can't use it. Yes. Right. So and, and that is why? There's because they can't use the Silmarillion.
1: That's no no. And that form is only within the Silmarillion. It's not within the appendices of, of Lord of the Rings, which is what they do have access to. Right. So, right. so so w- for him to take a different form would make sense for this show. Hence, we're proposing Halbrand is on the table as a possible form okay. of... of Sauron.
0: And Meteor Man, um, while it's, it's possible, but we're leaning way, way towards Blue R- Wizard or Jude was suggesting that um, it could be Gandalf because when, before Gandalf was Gandalf, when he was in the um, Maya form, his name was Alorion. No, right. Olorin. Al- and Olorin um, was a light and fire Maya, basically. He was yep. attracted to Naina, the Valar. Um, so I guess, like Sauron is to Melkor, maybe he was to Naina in terms of what he was into, which is the mm. light. In and and, fire,
1: and what little we know of him from that time period is that he did come to Middle Earth in different guises. Um, so while, but I'm, if I, I, if I'm he happens to be personally right, but it, if it should be him, that's the it, justification. It's, <laughs> it, it's yes, right. it's definitely not book lore. Right. However, it doesn't necessarily break it. At least not in a major way. And in it, that case,
0: it doesn't copyright infringe. Right, So they could do that. So if people want Gandalf, they're going to give them some Gandalf. We found Ents. There are Ents in Rings of Power. Very subtle. Jude yep. pointed it out in the background. When the meteor comes crashing down, uh, there's a bunch of trees. And those trees are look not up. just... They ain't just blowing in the wind regular old trees.
1: No, they they look up. And the body language, if you want to call it that, it is. seems a little bit concerned. Right. Because uh, they're seeing fire crashing into potentially trees, and they are the shepherds of the trees. So, you know, they're not real big on that.
0: Right. They, they, they don't love it. Did Sauron do something to them?
1: Well, we do know that in the book, he, uh, he burns the Ent wives so right. that the Ents, the rest of the Ents, uh, have to exist and cannot reproduce just
0: kind of a dick move all around. Yeah, speaking of dick moves, do you think uh, the ants got wood?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I I would like to think that uh they just have
0: regular you know human. The, the ironic part, yeah, it's not. That's the only part that's not wood. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, Iluvatar! You are a silly trickster.
1: Because getting it on with those ant wives. Oh, ouch!
0: Splinters. Ooh but Sauron did them a favor then cuz Sauron burnt the ants wives and we shouldn't talk bad yeah, about but, that yeah but you know let's not even joke but,
1: about that it's no, messed up but and you know what just for the record i am not going to king shame them so whatever they're into they're into right yeah
0: i got gotcha. you it's so, not right man it's not right <clears throat> let's go so that is um alorin yes. and also original maya
1: name so call that, me old so, I mean, that is a possibility. However, once again, we are leaning much more heavily towards it being one of the blue wizards.
0: I was a little obsessed with those fireflies just dying out there. But then I just realized that they were just expended like his energy. Yes. And there's the light. So that's a Gandalfy thing, according to O'Loran's law. Um... So Celebrimbor, when he's talking to Elrond, he literally says, what did I ever accomplish in comparison to Feanor? So he's got a complex. And also, um, this would uh, mean that the rings have not been made yet. Because if he had made some rings of power and worked on them for a couple of hundred years, whoever with, he would be pretty proud of that.
1: Yeah, no, it it seems like at this point in the show that... um no, Ke- he Caleb has Brimbourg. not been
0: ensnared by an anatar like fig, uh, figure. At least
1: not, not that we know of. But regardless, I think he's got some hammer envy right there. Ooh, yes, to get it to get a little Freudian on you.
0: That's where you know. It's a nice hammer.
1: It, it was an impressive hammer. Gotta give him that. Feanor's so, hammer.
0: Yep. So you think that's that's the moral jude so okay so let's now let's talk about uh doran the fourth and his conversation with doran the third because we we glazed over it and i said you know doran the fourth was angling against the elves but also doran the fourth uh is very uh doran the third i mean the uh Thorin the, eld- the, the elder doran the younger elder i'm talking about the older one okay immediately so the is- third yes um, he 's concerned that the elves know something and yes Doran the Fourth is trying to calm him down saying he doesn't know anything I can tell and Doran the third is like you you, you, don't, you shouldn't trust the elves and yeah, they're, they're, there's once again little fourth anyway, what, little hints
1: of uh, of species racism there where he's like he's well, like oh yeah. those people they, right. they, they, they also you don't know
0: them you, al- you don 't know those people, you know how they are. But they're hiding something. That's his main concern, it seems. And they, a treasure chest is brought to them. You can see servants from behind. And they open it. The servants open it. And they're looking at the glowing thing inside the treasure chest. So we don't know what it is. We determined it's, with the line of think- reasoning that we're following, it's not a ring of power um, unless there's a timeline skip. Uh it could be the arkenstone which is the dwarf version of a silmaril that's the best way to describe that. it's,
1: it's something similar not not to the same level of power or anything else but or, it it has a similar um, yeah. it, it instills a similar lust in people who view it to possess it
0: well that's and that's almost every thing in lord of the rings and, and it's just the possession and the pride but the um yeah,
1: Tolkien actually spoke about that about um what was it uh, about the desire to possess i think it was um and how that was a theme running throughout all of his books right so uh that that comes straight from the
0: author so um but it could also be mithril Yes. the legendary metal that is light and strong and very rare. Yes, yeah, so so it makes so- weapons and armor of unparalleled quality. So
1: it, it it was Tolkien's version of a adamantium or vibranium if you're a Marvel fan.
0: Maybe not quite as. I mean, you could still get stabbed through mithril.
1: Can't you? Did I Frodo Pretty I'm pretty got sure. pretty
0: hurt. He still he had he had the Mithril, didn't he? No, he
1: did not. He oh, he didn't that have was that before. Yet.
0: They gave it to him okay. after he got stabbed. Right. So anyway, so if this is Mithril in there, and then they start digging deeper and deeper, and then, you know, I told you, if you dig deeper and deeper, you're going to wake up a goddamn Balrog. Uh, Those, was, was Balrog's there. So the Balrog's name is Doran's Bane. I think that's a little insulting to the Balrog.
1: Well, that's not really his name. That's his title. The, but what's his, his name? The other Balrog
0: has a name. I can't... I, I'm it's not flowing not off the top sure of my tongue. sure that he's actually named begins with beyond, a uh, beyond... Doran's home. Bane. If you look up the, that Balrog's name, it's, Doran it's gotta right. have Bane. It's got to have another name. Because Tolkien is just crazy about naming things. He, fin, does, he does like yeah. to name. Finrod. Fagund. Felagund. Feligan. We need two names now for everyone. God help us. But that, that's Mr. not. Token, please. That,
1: Feligan is he, not in the show, and why is that again, Rob? Who now? Finrod's surname.
0: Feligan. Oh, because it's in, in the, the it's in the Silmarillion. You cannot but, use that. I told you, stay not, out of that.
1: But not in the appendices. Anything right. that's not in the appendices so just is, is off-limits.
0: His name is Finrod Weinstein. Yeah, again with those damn Weinstein. You know, they had they wanted to make it, you know, diverse and everything. Finrod Weinstein, that's it. We're going with it. So, um, let's talk a little bit about Hal Brand. Let's do that. And uh, Galadriel on the raft and... The thing that comes up to me is her asking Finrod, which way is up and which way is down? Yeah. Now, could this guy who jumps in and lifts her up out of her crucifix, you know, death dive under the sea, she's being dragged down under as she is tied to the mast of the ship and she looks just like a crucifix as she's going under and he... Yes, there's definitely
1: some Renaissance-style imagery at play there. Yeah, and it looks great.
0: And uh, Halbrand jumps into the sea and he rescues her and he brings her up, but we don't know what up is and what down is in reality. It's hard to see because the stars, the reflection can be as bright as the stars themselves is what Galadriel had said. So um, maybe this is Sauron taking her... Up and saving her just to go about his evil, convoluted plan to get in good with the elves. Now, I can't personally see this character, Halbrand, being a great craftsman and bringing some secrets to the elves. So that may be a different form. But Sauron can take many forms. So.
1: And we. <clears throat> We can speculate on at the very end of the episode who exactly is standing over them in the boat there. Yeah, and I uh, don't know. Well, my speculation is that I feel that it is more than likely a Numenorian, very, very likely um, Elendil, which uh, is Isildur's father, who ultimately at the end of the Second Age will cut the ring from Sauron's finger. Um, See, they, that feels they, like
0: a huge time compression to me beyond, uh...
1: Well, we know that they're both in the show.
0: Right. But Even though in the like, books that it not That feels like 3,000 years but, in like a month.
1: Yeah, and we discussed this on, the, on our first, our preview episode, um... The idea of time compression, and I think we're seeing it at play here because It we, would be
0: great if there were separate
1: timelines. We do know that they are both in the show, um, and that uh, Al Farazan is also going to be in the show.
0: Maybe we're in, on, in separate. We're seeing separate timelines. That well, could be possible.
1: That is possible, and I think uh, we're going to find I mean, there's out. There's no evidence sooner. of it at this point. No, but, but I, mean... I think we'll find out sooner rather than later.
0: Um, Theo's blood goes into the blade. It co- it literally defies gravity when he's holding that blade. So Theo is the young, the adolescent boy who's found the, the Morgul of the Sauron's blade. Yep. Under his f- house. Or did he have that somewhere else?
1: Um, it was either in the house or the barn or somewhere around there. Um but it it was definitely under the floorboards.
0: Did he just hide it there or was it there to be found? Was it left there by the orcs? Was it planted there intentionally? It seems was like his destiny tied into Sauron in some way. His blood goes up into the blade and the blade It's like grows drawn stronger. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um that's a a detail. Yep. Yeah. Um
1: I think it's uh, yet another mystery that uh that now, we're being set up to uh to find out.
0: Oh just jumping back to the dwarves for a second, the Balrog is because of the they dug too deep, right? Yes, so, they they um, awaked
1: the Balrog, who by the way I looked it up, um Durin's Bane is a title given to him after he king kills Durin Third. Okay. It is not a name by any means, and I do not believe he is named specifically.
0: So they can't even give him a name other than that, though. That's... You know, look, the dwarves
1: are not great poets, okay?
0: Anyway, here's to you, Mr. Durin's Bane. So, uh, who's the goodest boy?
1: Oh... Well, clearly that's Hurin. That's Huin. H- Huin. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Huin not Húrin.
0: Uh, oh, my Huin God. Huin is a good boy. I'm he a is bad the, boy. the mm. god of, of hounds, and he saved Luthien numerous times from the most dread wolves ever to exist, including the wolf form of Sauron. And,
1: and do we see him in the show? I, I think
0: Drogulain, I believe it's pronounced. I'm not exactly sure, but he's like the sire of the meanest wolves. And then his whelp... As he calls him, was um, Karkaroth. Yes, but, but so, Huan so, kills them all. So, do we see Huan in the show? You know, we see a bass relief of Huan and Luthien, the most beautiful elf ever to grace Middle Earth.
1: Yes, we we see that in a in an early scene between um, Galadriel and Elrond while, while they're in the forest, and we see. Um, a tapestry hanging between trees, as well as a couple of bas reliefs, wooden bas reliefs to be specific, uh, carved, I think it's into the trees. I'm not sure if they're separate, but um, one of them depicts um, uh, Feanor, and another depicts uh, Luthien and Hurin. Uh, I, Luthien and Huin Huin. Please, please, feel free to send your complaints. And
0: Huin talks. He, and he does has a several, lot times. To say. several times. Several you, times. You read the Silmarillion and find out what Huin has to say. Because yeah. he can only talk three times. And the last one is a doozy. He really waxes poetic there. That Huin, the dog. I don't know how it would sound, though. Would it sound like Scooby Doo? Maybe I'll read uh, it sometime. Uh,
1: uh. I want you to read it in the Scooby-Doo voice. Please do that on the show. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, okay. I mean, I think we covered many little slip-ups that we made, and but most of all, we got in pretty good with certain details uh, that we found in the show. And uh, so we are going to wrap it up.
1: And Rob, before we uh, wrap for the evening, uh, I've got a little something that I meant to gift to you, uh, much like cool. Anatar uh, ah. delivering Ring Lore to the peoples of Middle Earth. Uh, take a look at this and tell me if you've had it before.
0: Ah, no, this is cool. It's called the Board of the Rings.
1: That it's is the uh, official, non official the official, non-official parody of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Wow. And something I'm sure that Rowan would be intimately knowledgeable of, but uh, for the rest of us, it's a little bit of an obscurity and a little bit of a fun piece of uh, reading.
0: Well, maybe this will lure him back into the fold. Yes, uh, you know, voluptuous elves. and and He might not have this.
1: Plenty of dick and fart jokes. Uh, Oh, boy. It's it's right up our alley, so to speak. Wow.
0: Board of the Rings by the Harvard Lampoon. Cool. I don't know if we dropped our names in the beginning. I'm Rob Law. And? I'm Jude Fox. And we are going to see you in uh, just a couple of days. Um, I believe Sunday when we drop the analysis uh, and the scene-by-scene, play-by-play. Of the next episode, which we're gonna watch uh, in a couple of hours tonight, when it uh, drops in New York, and not in the Waffle House in West Virginia. We're not there now. We were there before. That's when uh, Mr. Rowan he keeps on going back there. You don't. You know uh, what? You just don't eat one fry that falls on the floor. Not even one. I don't care about it. ten second bowl in a Waffle House. But don't get that upset, you know? I mean, all right. So, it's, anyway, it's just, we it's are. Not, it's not worth discussing. We are JRR, you talking to me, and we will catch you next time. And I bid you farewell.
1: In, in the meantime, you can find us at you talking to me on Gmail, and make sure to like, subscribe. Tell your friends and share the podcast to help grow the fellowship.